Glad to see you here today. Good looking group for a holiday weekend. Looking good. I'm excited today. Uh, I don't get to do it very often. My family, we've been up at the Toledo Bend and just enjoying some time together and fishing. But this morning, my son came down with me. I get excited to play with him. Played with him for years and years as he's growing up and uh, glad to have Josh here with us this morning. A couple of announcements I'd like to make to you. Uh, just a reminder, you still can volunteer for Vacation Bible School. And uh, if you'd like to do that, you can uh, go to our website and, and volunteer, volunteer section under, under there and sign up. And you can register your kids there also. There's all Bible School signs, yard signs that you can pick up on your way out and put in, the, um, put in your yard or put it on your vehicle or put it wherever you want to advertise, however you want to see fit. Uh, there's also the final training for our volunteers that's happening Wednesday. So if you missed the first training that happened last week, be sure to, to be here Wednesday night for the volunteer training that happens Wednesday night. All right. Now we got those out of the way. Now, let's all join our hearts together and let's focus our minds' attention and our hearts' affection on the Lord. And let's glorify him for who he is in his word. Let's all stand together.
Father, we are indeed thankful for the love that you have for us, the grace you've shown us, the mercies you've given to us. And at this time of the year, we, we lift up our voices to give thanks for those who have gone on before us, for those who have fallen, who have died, and others who have suffered the ravages of war, both physically and emotionally. Father, we give you thanks that you have given us through your, through your love and your grace the capacity to, to heal, to seek you in our everyday lives, to call us to be, to be salt and light in the world around us. 
We come with heavy hearts this morning for the events of this last guidance and strength and healing for those people. We pray for you to give us words of encouragement if we have occasion to speak to others who are downtrodden because of these events. Help us to remember that you alone are the source of our strength. Nation's leaders, that you would grant them the wisdom and discernment they need to follow you and your will for our nation and to help them, help them to make wise decisions. Father, help us to remember that we are soldiers also, soldiers of the cross, and help us to be ever mindful that we need to stand firm in our relationship with you each day before we enter into the world around us. Help us to be salt and light to affect those around us. Father, we pray for your grace and your mercy that we once again would be a nation who turns our heart to you, that you would revive us and help us to be the persons that you've called us to be, that we might once again experience what it is to be one nation under God with liberty and justice for all, and that we might be able to give you the praise that you deserve. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. And may the people say,
just your voice to sing it again. Christ has died. We are forgiven in Christ alive. We are the risen and he shall come again. Praise the King. Praise the King. God, we you came and you died for us. You're buried in a tomb and you rose again on the third day so that we could have eternal life. Love us so much that you did that for us. That was the only way we could be made right. Thank you for what you have done. Father, bless this time that we're spending together today. May Jesus be magnified. There is none like you. May he be lifted up. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I appreciate it. This morning, we have a very special guest with us. And uh, you may have remembered a, a few years ago that uh, we made an investment to um, send out a lot of these dog tags, is what they are, but we send out a lot of them, and we send it over to Shields of Strength and where they make these things. Kenny is going to tell you more about that, but he founded this organization, and uh, it's, God is moving and, and using it, and we're truly excited to have him on, and his wife Tammy here with us this morning. Welcome them, church. Kenny, come on and share with us this morning. So if you're like me, you're like, who's this short guy, you know? Um, so I'm grateful I get a chance to speak on Memorial Day because uh, I only have one message. And that's a lot. Um, I'm going to jump right into it. I think I have more to say than I have time to say it. But um, I spent most of my life as an athlete. And the mistake I made was I didn't, I didn't master the fundamentals. So I was a ski jumper, which is, you know, you can get hurt if you don't get the, the right stuff right first. And, um, and so the simple way of saying it is, it's like I didn't secure the footing on my ladder before I picked up it. I up the ladder without securing the footing, and so then I had an unstable ladder, and every time something got a little off, I came crashing down. It's like I had, I had to be perfect because I didn't have a stable footing. Eventually, I learned that it wasn't that I was so bad at what I was doing, but that I didn't have a secure footing. And so... I, I had some great coaches that brought me back to the fundamentals of the and so basically and then once I secured that footing I was able to race back up the ladder and it was a more stable okay so coming out of that and what I've learned in life that is sticking with me is I want to know what is the one thing that if I get it right takes care of everything else, but if I get it wrong, undermines the whole mission. How do I get a secure 
putting in Christianity and what God is teaches. And I start seeing, you know, that says that you love the Lord your God with all your heart. This fulfills all the law and all the prophets. And if you haven't, I think I'm going to read some of these, start by reading some of these scriptures to you. But when I saw that, I thought, is that the one thing that if I get right, takes care of everything else? If I get it wrong, it's going to undermine my whole mission. So that led me what is love? And that's the only thing I've been, I thought I was going to figure it out in a week or two. It's been 15 years. I'm still, I'm still learning. But let me read a few scriptures to you and see if this and clearly. I know you know most of these scriptures, but these that really made me start digging deeper. In Matthew 7, 22 through 23, it says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and not cast out demons in your name and perform many things? And I will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, they, they prophesied in your name, they cast out demons in your name, perform miracles in your name, and you would say, depart from me, I never knew you? Like, I, I'm in trouble, right? I'm not doing this stuff. How am I going to know him? All right? So then I'll read on. I'm in 1 Corinthians 1 through 13. It says, If in the tongues of men and but have not love, I'm a gong or a clanging symbol. Fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. If I have absolute faith to move mountains. Like, I know we read this all the time, but I'm like, okay, that's a lot of faith. If I have faith to move mountains, not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and boast in my love, I gain nothing. So, to the poor, I surrender my body, but I don't have does that work? I mean, sacrifice, right? But if, but if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you pay that I may boast. Right, so I'm going I'm to throw this in here real quick, and I'll explain this later. I was love is not just what we do. We do it. So I can be, there's seven things. We're about to read them right here. in All the seven things that love is, that's not love. That's actually self-love. And I'm going to get myself. If you love yourself, you can't love anyone else. Because love puts someone first. Okay? So, let's read what love is not. It says, love is patient. It does not, it does not boast. Love is not, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And I'm going to tell you, I used to think, I see love failing all the time. You know, I see people say they love each other, but now they don't love each other anymore. But I'm going to tell you, love really doesn't fail. We fail love. If we persevere in love, love truly does never fail. 
But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be restrained. Where there is knowledge, it will be dismissed. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. Perfect comes, the partial passes away. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I set childish ways aside. Now I see, but as in a dim face. Now I know in part, then shall we be fully known and fully know. In faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I think great when I'm learning this. In First John, one another, for love is from God, and every is born of God. The one who does not love does God, for God is love. So what I'm what I think what I'm learning when I'm seeing that the reason we can do all these things in God's name and still not know God is because of why we're doing them. Okay, so I would suggest to you that, that religion it's loving you so that you will love me. And that's using love to manipulate you. Love is all of me for you. I give not for me, but for you. Okay? The love of God is manifested in us. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God. He loved us and sent His only Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God, is, if God so loves us, so ought to love one another. So love is sacrifice. Okay? And my problem was, when I'm, when I'm asking myself, what is love, and I'm reading this, before I read this, the first thing I did, because I'm, I'm a new Christian, I'm, I'm learning my way around, I need to know what love is, what do I do? I go get Webster's Dictionary, right? I mean, I got this book, it's all about love, it's showing to me what love is, but I want to know what Webster says. This is what Webster says, and this is where the confusion comes, at least it came from me. Webster says the definition of love is a profoundly tender affection, personal attachment or deep affection. So the conflict in my mind is that, that when I read the seven things that love is and what God says is, they're verbs. When I read Webster's, it's a feeling. So I'm, I'm or is love a decision? And I'm going to suggest to you that love is a decision and that the feeling of love is the fruit of love. All right, so just as a quick example, before in my life, if you'd asked me if, if I love my wife Tammy, I would have told you I loved her with all of my heart. But I was really talking about the feeling of love. I felt love for her, okay? If I love my life, wife Tammy, I'm still going to say I love with all my heart. But what I, but I know if I love Tammy, you need to ask her. Because if Tammy, if I'm loving Tammy, then I am these seven things. I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm not envious. I'm not boastful. I'm, I'm, I persevere. I don't. I am. Me loving Tammy is the action, not the feeling. Okay. Love that I have for Tammy is because she's those seven things to me. If Tammy becomes the eight things that love is not angry, rude, all of these things, you check back with me in a year and you say, Hey, Kenny, you love Tammy. If I only love her through my love for her, I would, I'd probably tell her I fell out of love with her. 
Because I don't have a whole lot of more feelings for her because she's delighting. Right? So love is the decision. So let me just share with you a quick story. Try to, And this happened. Um, this, this is what happens. And, and I, I, I have three children. They're all under 10. We do these ice cream runs all the time. And so, you know, they scream ice cream run. I got an old truck. And so it's okay, but... You know, three kids under 10, it's like there's a 30% chance every one of them is going to spill some ice cream. I got three. It's a mathematical guarantee. It's going to be in the truck, right? And so, so but it's, it's not a big deal. I got an old truck. I don't mind it getting messed up. Well, then I get a new truck. And when I get the new truck, the first thing I'm thinking is, I don't want ice cream in the new truck. Like, I, don't, I, I don't want it. I don't want it on the floor. I don't want it anywhere in my new truck, right? And so I'm thinking, no more ice cream runs because it's guaranteed. I know what's going to happen. And, but, I, but that feels selfish, you know, and I'm thinking that's, you know, right? And, but, but I'm like, you know what? So I'll justify it. And my justification was I want to teach my kids how to take care of something nice. And listen, the truth does not need justification. If we have to justify something, we're probably not on the side of the truth. But I justified it, and I explained to them why we weren't doing any more ice cream runs. And every, every now and then, the kids would say, ice cream run. My oldest daughter, Faith, would say, no, I remember Dad's new truck. And pretty soon, I guilty, and I should, right? And so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I know this isn't right. What do I do? And so I just, the plan is I'm going to put some towels on the floor and some towels in the seats, and I'm going to get the kids. So I, I, go, I go to the kids and say, Dad's got a plan, you know? And so we can do an night, night, and I did the towels on the floor in the seats, put the kids in the seats, put towels in their laps, literally, like, you know, and then I'd give them the long talk, you know, small lecture on how and why it matters in the new truck, all that good stuff. We go get ice cream. We get home. I'm pulling in the garage. I hit the button on the garage door. The door's coming down, and it's like everything is perfectly smooth. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, I didn't even need the towels. All I needed was the lecture. You know, I mean, they, like, the whole problem the whole time didn't make it clear. down, and I kid you not, a chunk of ice cream comes from between the two front seats hits the dashboard above my radio and my first thought is they threw it like how else did it come flying through the truck they actually threw the ice cream okay and so I'm going to respond or react based on what I know to be true that is not true at all I turn around and I got faith on this side and she's looking at me like Right? And Kennedy's in the middle in the car seat. He's out of his car. Grace is behind me. When I discipline her, then I have to be careful because she'll hide on her bed for four or five hours. You know, even if I'm nice saying she messed up, you know. But listen, give it to her big time. Because she's got the ice cream, and her face is saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And so I know it's her. I turn around for a second. I look at the dashboard, and that ice cream has now slid down onto my radio. And my last truck, something sticky got behind the buttons. And so I hit one on the radio. Stick down. You know, hit them, you know, three or four times to get them to let go me crazy like you know and I couldn't get the button off I tried everything you know 
So now I got ice cream running behind my new buttons on my brand new truck. And I have no idea what to do. All I know is that can't happen. So I wrap my lips around that button and I start sucking the ice cream out of the radio. <clears throat> That's true. <clears throat> yeah, it worked. <laughs> and so, yeah. I, so I look at Tammy and she's like, what's going on? <laughs> and, uh, but all of that, it gave me a moment and a moment enough to remember that love is patient and it's kind. It's not envy. I mean, it's not angry. It's not rude. And that love is a decision. It's not a feeling. I had was screaming to love my truck, not my daughter. Love protects. Okay. If I love my truck right now in this position, if I love my truck, I. Can't and if I love my daughter, I can't love my truck. I have to choose. And so, simple thing to just simply ask, Grace, what happened? He says, Daddy, I promise. She said, um, I even took Kennedy's ice cream. And she was so scared, you know. And I was holding his too. But you know, he flipped out of the car seat like you taught him. <laughs> I did teach him, you know. You... <laughs> and when he flipped, his foot came around, his heel hit the cup, and the ice cream went flying. And so, what I'm saying to you is thank you, Jesus, for teaching me how to love and how to love my family and not my truck. Listen, things happen in life. You know what I mean? I mean, circumstances happen in life. We have to choose what we're going to love when we get hurt. And when we get hurt is whenever the rubber meets the road. It's easy to love when you're being loved, but when you're not being loved, that's a little bit of a different story. So I'm going to show you a few images. Uh, a, this is an animation I created to teach children at the time, and I actually found that they were teaching me tell you quick stories and we'll wrap this up but um if we could bring up the so this is a tree it's representative of a person okay so what i'm trying to teach these children what i'm showing this is say that that this is a fruitful person but then i'm asking them why would this be fruitful and let's go to that next image and so then i tell them if you know anyone that's patient they're kind they're truthful they protect others they trust they hope and they persevere that's a fruitful person. Like, I don't care how much they have, they don't have, where they are. If this is who they are, that's their, that, the fruitfulness is their destiny. Now, they're not always, always fruitful because people hurt us. Okay, so, so these are, the roots are the decisions I make that no one has control over but me in my life. And then the fruit is what God creates that I have no control to create. The best I can do is take care of my roots. God does the miracle of making the fruit. But people come on in life and they hurt us. So let's go to the next slide. So I would, go, I would just say, hey, look, we lost some fruit on the right side here. We didn't do anything different. Like we didn't, we didn't do anything to deserve this, whatever. Someone hurt us. And I would ask the kids, what do you want to do? And they, and they raised their hand and say, we want to go get it back. And I was like, okay, I want to go get it back too. Let's go get it back. 
But I asked him, so then when we go to get back what was taken from us, are we going to be patient? Let's go to the next slide. And they said, no, we're not going to be patient. You know, probably going to be angry. I said, when we go to get back what was taken from us, are we going to be kind? Let's go to the next slide. They said, no, probably not going to be kind to get back and we're getting back what was taken from us. And I said, we're going to be truthful. We may or may not be truthful. Let's go to the next slide. Are we going to protect? Love protects others. Are we going to protect? Are we going to love our enemies? Are we going to protect the person who hurt us when we go to get back what was taken from us? No, we're not going to protect. Go to the next slide. And you go ahead and go to the next one. Probably not going to trust. Probably not going to hope. In the next slide. And so this is what we found. In order to get back what was taken from us, we destroyed this or cut off the source of what created it to begin with. Because you see, now, what happened to us originally, the hurt said nothing about us. You hurt me. It doesn't say anything about me. It says something about you. But if my response to your hurt is to become these eight things that love is not, now I'm saying something about me. And now not, how, not only have I cut this off, it has no way to return. If I had continued in loving, the fruit would have found its way back. It had taken care of itself. So I finished this, and there's this little kid in the class, probably nine years old. I don't remember his name. He raised his hand. I said, yeah. He says, Mr. Kenny, if we get the fruit back, what are we going to do with it? Because we can't put it back on the tree. And I'm like, what'd you just say? You know, I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, wait, what? He don't even understand what he just said, okay? And so I'm like, you're right, we can't put it back on the true tree. And most of it wasn't even for us to begin with. And so what he's saying and what he said and what I'm realizing is that when you get hurt, the people who hurt you, can't fix you. I mean, they can repent, and that'll help you keep loving. It'll make it easier for you to keep loving. But they, they can't make you keep loving. And you can't fix yourself. But if you persevere in love, the fruit will return. So it's loving, not being loved, that heals you. All right? So as I'm realizing this with these kids, all this is coming to fruition in my life, but I'm still struggling with, you know, okay, Lord, so if I don't look out for myself, who's going to look out for me? Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put everybody else first. I'm going to love, and, 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 what I, and what I had to learn was that love is my offense and it's my defense. And that if I do what's truly best for you, that's what love does. It's also best for me. It may cost me something, but when I live a loving life, then God, who is love, has control in my life. But if I don't trust God, I love my God. I'll do it my way. So I'm going to close with a... And this is... Um, hey, man, I'm going quicker than I thought. If I'd have seen that earlier, I'd have slowed down. I had a lot, <laughs> I had a lot more to say on some of that stuff. All right, but this is a good story. And, you know, sometimes this is, uh, I hope this is sinking down, but if this light, and for me, come on, but when this light, it lights the way to the next light, and then the next light. And so you don't have to fight for yourself anymore. You fight to live a love.
see the wrong fight. Told you I had a lot more to say about getting on a roll. <laughs> no. The wrong fight is the fight to be loved. The right fight is the fight to live a loving life. I actually wrote a book on it called The Right Fight, How to Love a Loving Life. But love is the most powerful force on the face of the planet. Free will to love. Because me doing what's best for you is also best for me. It's never loving. It's a failure to love if I enable your selfishness. And so a lot of times we think we're, we're loving people when we're being real nice. But in reality, us being nice to them is not helping them, it's hurting them. So if we really love someone, we got to do the hard stuff. And sometimes the hard stuff means not being so nice so that we can be kind. Okay, so it's kind to do things for people that is truly best for them. It's not kind to be nice when being nice is not best for them. All right, hope that makes sense. So back to the closing story before I saw that clock and realized I was burnt, had more time. So my grandfather died before I was He was apparently an incredibly loving man. He was, he was uh, killed in a fire in 1957 at Magnum, which is now ExxonMobil. Every time my dad tried to talk about him, he, he would tear up. Just everything, I, everything I got from him, he was just like, growing up, he was a hero to me. I wasn't even sure why in many ways. I just knew that everyone, his legacy lived on in the family in, in a big way. Um, and so when, when I got old enough, my dad told me what happened. And so he manufactured jet fuel. He was a mechanic. He wanted to leave uh, Magnolia Oil so that he could own business at home. Magnolia on for six more months so they could train someone to do what he was doing and I think it was during the war at the time as well or something was going on where they needed the jet fuel and so he agreed to stay on another six months it was Easter Sunday 1957 that he went to work <laughs> and the, the unit exploded him and another guy were in there um, after apparently after some time the fire burning they kind of concluded nobody was left alive in the fire, and and my grandfather came walking out of the fire, and you know they said his all his features were gone, and that most of his skin was actually sliding off his body. The um, that's how burnt he was. Um, they got him in the ambulance. They took him to the hospital, and hours, and he died. But while he was there, my grandma, how did you get out of the fire? Like, everybody want to know how in the world did you get out of that fire? He said, I knew I was going to die, but I wanted I loved them. I wanted to tell them goodbye, and I wanted to tell them to get their life right with God. And then I asked my grandfather many details about him. You know, he said, can he? kept saying that he wanted and I'm like what <laughs> I mean he's burned it but first on his mind are his children and that's love but my point of the story is this fear will motivate you and I use fear to motivate myself far too long but wherever fear motivates it also destroys and I would tell you that fear would not have got him out of the fire 
because he knew he was going to die. And he didn't come out of the fire for himself because he knew he was going to die. He laid down and died, I think. But love got him out. That's what I'm here to tell you. Love got him out. And love will get you out of your fires. I mean, love will always cost you something, but never more than not loving will cost you. So love is sacrifice. But it's not just anything. And when we love in our lives, and I think when we go to Jesus, whether we had the faith to move a mountain, or we had the gift of prophecies, or all these other things, we did or we didn't. Nothing wrong with those things, obviously, right? We did or we didn't. I don't think that's what he's looking for. I think he's telling us what he's looking on is the heart. You see, fear sees life outside in. Love sees life inside out. And so if you want to live a loving life, you need to see people inside out. Inside out is, outside in is what they are doing, what they look like. Inside out is who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. And if their why is not right, and you love them, you act, you ask them first. And if they, if the answer they give you, is you love them, you got to be like. She's like Kenny, that's messed up. You can't do that. You know that's that's selfish. What you did? What? Why'd you do that? You know. So love is what is truly best for you, not anything you want. Okay. That's all I have to share this morning. Um, I'm going to close with prayer. And then there's deacons available if anybody's looking for prayer and their wives. They're, they're all here. Um, prayer is a powerful thing. But, well, let's just pray. Father, we want a pure heart. That's what we want. And we don't want to live for ourselves. We understand that our life is not about us, but it's way bigger and it's way more important than that, that it's about God and it's about others. And we want the power of your love in our lives. And when we don't love you, so you will love us. We love you because you loved us. And we want to love you at all costs. I know you promised heaven, Lord, but we love you, heaven or not, we love you because of who you are, because of what you did, and we want the love of Christ to live in us, that we can be a light in this dark world, Lord. They're starved for your love. Help us to turn the lights on. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank y'all. Thank you for your time on Memorial Day. Let's all stand together. And if you have a decision to make for Christ, find one of the deacons. Or if you need prayer, find one of them. They'll be in the back of each section. Out of the depths I cry to you. In darkest places I will call. Incline your ear to me anew And hear my cry for mercy, Lord
were you to count my sinful ways? How could I come before you? Yet full forgiveness meets my gaze. I stand as me by grace Appreciate it, sir. Just quick announcement: VBS. Get your yard signage. You have Memorial Weekend. 